Welcome to the Saving Grace Adventist Church Sermon Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed by the Word of God. There is a passage of Scripture coming up to a special verse. And just before this verse is a very common one. God so loved the world. Now, not that he doesn't still love the world, but he was motivated by that love then. Then. And that's why there's the past tense, you see. Because it was the motivation then that caused him to send his son. So God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And the very next verse is what I want us to contemplate on today. Today. Verse 17. Everybody knows 16. Well, I want everybody to know 17. God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. But that the world through him might be saved. This is a statement of compassion. It's a statement of mercy. Come on now. Exhibited in the life of Jesus himself. And I'm saying here that if we leave here today without this kind of cognizance, this kind of knowledge that, that the blessed Lord sent not his son to condemn, but that all of us through him might be saved. If we leave without understanding it, then you're coming here. You're coming here. Didn't mean much. I said didn't mean much. God wants all of us to be numbered among the redeemed. Every single person. He doesn't want one person to be lost. Not one. Not one. And when we acknowledge this, and we work upon it, it will be glory for you, and it will be glory for me. Oh, what a day. What a day that will be. What a day. What a day. I'm looking forward to that becoming for us a grand reality. Oh, God is so great. Oh, he's so wonderful. So wonderful. I, so wonderful. What a God. What a God. Now the Sabbath. I usually tell my hearers, especially on the Sabbath, that this matter of being a Sabbath keeper should not be for any of us a coincidence. It should come out of the result of deep thinking. Because the omnipotent one, and we're going to speak more about him, Amen. the creator, 
the one with the last word, the one with the final authority, he said the seventh day is the Sabbath. Yes. It, we are depending upon him to enter into eternal life. Amen. So if he says the seventh day is Sabbath, and the other fellow says, oh no, who would you believe? Who would you believe? Now in my days, growing up as a little boy, they used to say, um, common sense is not all that common. <laughs> but if the creator says the seventh day is a Sabbath, common sense says, accept it. Amen. Accept it. Amen. The seventh is the Sabbath. And that verb that is used is a verb that indicates present and continuous action or status. The seventh day is. Tomorrow, <laughs> you say the same thing. The seventh day is. Next week around this time, you say the same thing. The seventh day is. Present today and continuous. It continues to be the same. Oh, God is great. Oh, God is great. Amen. Today, I'm going to speak with us under this little caption. When the stain is gone. When the stain is gone. Loving Father, we want to thank you. Thank you for having been so good to us. You have spared our lives to this day. You have given us an opportunity to fellowship together and to look into your word another time. Please bless it to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Our scripture text brings us to a very glowing type that met anti-type a little later. Amen. Here we understand that the Lord wanting to indicate, to show the power of his blood shed in Jesus. He asked the children of Israel. Now these were his because he had chosen, he had chosen the Israelites to be light bearers. And you notice Israelite, Israelite, easy to remember, eh? Israelite. And they're supposed to, it's like, it's like you're saying a bright light. You can't forget Israelite. And they were supposed to be light bearers to show to the nations around the power of the creator God. And so when he, the blessed Lord was about to bring about for them deliverance. Now I want you to understand the word deliverance. Now, mankind today is trapped, trapped 
by Satan in majority. Oh, yes. And the Lord wants to deliver his people from the snares of the devil, from the trap. He wants to deliver his people. And so as a, a foretaste, a symbol, a type, he went into Egypt so that he might deliver his people. Amen. It is always God who comes. You notice? It, we are not the ones who go. It is God who comes to us and, and, and beckons and pleads with us to turn. And so he went on in there and spoke to the leader, Moses. And he said, now I want you to tell the children of Israel that lamb that lamb that they're going to kill for the Passover. And you notice how in verse 28, it speaks about them, um, verse 21 speaks about killing the Passover. Now, here we understand something special. This lamb was a lamb which represented the blessed Lord Jesus himself. Because the lamb, by specification, was supposed to be one year old and without spot and without blemish, pure lamb, representing the pure and lowly Jesus. In so much that you remember, John, while he was baptizing, you remember him? While he was baptizing, those of you who know, he looked and saw Jesus coming. And he said, behold, the Lamb of God. John 1, verse 29. Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. So that this Lamb in the wilderness was a type of the Lamb of God, Jesus. Now the Lord told Moses that he should take the blood. The children of Israel were to take the blood of the Lamb and must wipe it on the doorposts and on the upper posts. And I want you to understand here that those of us who looked into the text, we note carefully, carefully, that the children of Israel did what the Lord said to Moses. Amen. Did you read that part? Yeah. Yeah. You go on down there, verse 28. They did what the Lord said to Moses. Amen. Oh, yes. And then for repetition, and so they did. 
or and so did they. Just to repeat it, repetition strengthens it, you know. So now we are seeing something here now. I heard it a little earlier in Sabbath school, how that this matter of redemption is on condition of obedience. Oh, no, amen, not even one. He didn't you say that the folks are supposed to be saying amen and hallelujah? Didn't you say that? They're forgetting. This matter of redemption, I'm saying, is supposed to be on condition of obedience. Amen. Obedience. So that the record is there to show that the people did what the Lord said unto Moses. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And so did they. And so did they. I'm telling you, this matter of existing on this planet is more than just breathing, eating, and sleeping. Amen. It's more than that. Amen. It's more than that. It's a matter of coming to grips with reality and the destiny of mankind. What is our destiny? Where are we heading? What's going to happen to us? Back then, right there in Corinth, the folks were concerned. The, the, the believers were dying, were dying. You know, after they'd lived a number of years, they were passing. And so those that remained were concerned. They went up to Paul, and, and Paul, what's going to happen? What what's going to happen to them? Yeah. They're gone, and we're not going to see them again. Are we not going to see them ever again? He said, "I wouldn't have you to be ignorant, Amen. brethren, Amen. concerning those that are asleep." Amen. Oh. come to think of it. Come to think of it. He said that to the people in Thessalonica. But this one now, he's going to speak to them in Corinth. And he said, behold, I show you a mystery. Amen. We shall not all sleep. Come to think of it. We shall not all sleep. But we shall be chained. In the moment. At the twinkling of an eye. At the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound. And the dead shall be raised incorruptible. And we shall be changed. And we shall be changed. For this corruptible. Must put on incorruption. And this mortal must put on immortality. And then he went on to saying, and then when, when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Now that's what we're talking about, victory. Victory. This matter of salvation, the redemption of man from sin, is on condition of obedience. Amen. 
Victory comes when we are obedient to God. Amen. That's how victory comes. Now my caption is on when the stain is gone. Amen. So back there in the wilderness, back there in Egypt, we had an experience. You see, we're now seeing, reading, studying into an experience. The Lord dealing with his people whom we are. Amen. The Lord is dealing with his people. Note now, he's dealing with us as he dealt with them. Amen. And back then, he intervened for their salvation. Yes. And he's doing it now. That's why he sent his son. And as I said before, that verse 17 introduces something special. Tells us about his compassion. The substitutionary death of Jesus Christ. That very verse 17 took our place through him. But that the world through him he took our place. Yeah. The question one asks is, what more could he do? Amen. The Lord has done so much, what more could or can he do Amen. for our redemption? If a person is lost, he could blame no one but himself. Amen. No one. Because God has made every, every provision. He has given all the opportunities for our deliverance. Amen. And so we have the blood. And in verse 13 of, of chapter 12, the Lord told the leader, he said, I'm going to be passing through. Passing through. Yeah. The angel of death. I want you folks to see something now. Coming through. By the power of God, of course. He said, but when I see the blood. But, but when I see the blood. Verse 13. When, when I see the blood. I will pass over. Pass over. That's why they call it the Passover. Amen. When I see the blood. Now the caption is when the stain is gone. Amen. Hey. Back then, the Lord looked at the blood on the post. Remember now? Why? Because that blood was type. That lamb was type. You understand? Anti-type was the blood of Jesus and Jesus himself. Anti-type. So that blood back then was pointing to the blood of Jesus. 
and the lamb back then was pointing to Jesus the lamb. Amen. So it was the actual blood that they had to use back then. Amen. And the Lord wanted to see the blood yeah. to show that they were how? Obedient. Obedient. Oh, to show that his people were obedient. So that by your obedience, folks, deliverance would come. Because when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Come to think of it. But now we are talking about when the stain is gone. And the stain is gone. Now, when we study into the scriptures, in Leviticus chapter 17 and verse 11, it says there that the life of the flesh is in the blood. The life of the flesh is in the blood. In the blood. Brethren, when I was a little boy, and um, maybe, maybe over there, Brother Liber over here heard about that. He's a young fellow. But I'm saying that when I was a little boy, they had a thing known as a flower sack. I don't know how many of you folks know about this flower sack. Yeah. It used to hold a hundred pounds of flour. Well, you use the say bag. That's what we used to say, but I thought you folks would, would be more at home with sack. <laughs> you know, having come to the people's country, you talk like them. So I'm saying, <laughs> is a flower bag I really mean? <laughs> yeah. The bag. And it used to have where it was done, where it's coming from on it, and, and in the middle of it, you know, it was stained. <laughs> now, like I said before, you could have been as poor as I was, but not poor. That was difficult. Oh, yes. And so my parent now would take that bag and, and wash it. Oh, and make it white using surrogacy. Listen to me. And, and, and key soap. You folk know key soap. Back then we used to call it blue soap. <laughs> oh, yes. And would wash that sack, I mean that bag, and make it Clean, white looking, white. You should see me going around in my white shirt. Some folk used to make style at me and call, call it crocus bag. And flower bag, flower bag shirt. But I've outgrown it. Notice how big I am? Yeah. Not a little boy anymore. 
But I never forget those days. Never forget those days. And you know the Lord was teaching me a lesson. The blood. Some of us are not going to understand it. How a black cow is going to eat green grass and give white milk. We can't understand that. No. How red blood going to wash something white as snow? How? How? But listen to me now. The stain. It is said that the blood of Jesus would wash the guilt stain and make us white as snow. Come on now. Come on. And I can better understand it than some of you who never knew about crocus bag or flower bag. So the Lord has a way of teaching us things. Now you know because I told you. You see, the blood of Jesus has in it the strong detergent to wash away every stain. All the guilt stain. And that's why the record says that through him, the world might be saved. The world. God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him, the application of the blood. Amen. In the wilderness, they had to apply the blood. Amen. They had to put it on the post. Amen. And so the blood has got to be applied to us yes. to wash the guilty stain. Amen. To wash the guilty stain. The songwriter says, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me pure within? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? Now, when I see the blood, come to think of it. When the blessed Lord says, when I see the blood. There's something special, isn't it? There's something special. There was a young man who thought that it was all right for him to steal for a living because he couldn't do any better. So he went stealing and saying, that's the way he's going to live. Well, they caught up with him. And they had him incarcerated. And some of the folks who were very <laughs> indignant about it caught him one day and marked on his forehead ST, sheep thief. <laughs> ST, that's what they meant, sheep thief. Now, this same fellow heard about Jesus and accepted him and had the blood applied. Amen. Listen to me. And had the blood applied. 
And after that, when they ask him, what is this ST all about? He says, saint. Saint. Saint Anderson. Saint. Isn't that something? See what the blood can do? Can wash away the guilty stain. Saint now. Things are different now. Something has happened to me when I gave my life to Jesus. Hmm? Things are different now. So I'm saying to you today that the person who said, when I see the blood, is our creator. He is the omnipotent God. There's no God like he is. None as powerful. In Malachi 3 and the verse 6, he says, I am the Lord. I change not. There's no nobody else has that status, no. that power. Nobody else. Omnipotent God can't be stopped. Amen. Then he's omniscient. He knows everything. Amen. Oh yes. Omniscient. And he said, when I see the blood, no, it's very significant when an omniscient is saying something like that. Amen. Because if he knows everything, then when we come to this book, Ecclesiastes, chapter 12, and verses 13 and 14, he said, God is going to bring every work into judgment with every secret thing. Hmm? That's verse 14 whether it be good or whether it be evil. But then verse 13 becomes the verse that, that introduces the conclusion. Let us be conclusive now about the whole thing. He says, this is the conclusion of the whole matter. Now we're coming to the end now. This is the it. God is going to bring every work into judgment. Come on, with every secret thing, the omniscient God who knows everything, who has what we call this business of an x-ray vision, Amen. Mm -hmm. an x-ray vision, he knows everything, he sees everything, Amen. but he wants us to be washed from that thing that is going to prevent us from entering into the kingdom. Amen. So he made provision, the blood of his son. Come on, folks. The blood of his son. He is also omnipresent. He's everywhere present at the same time. He's everywhere. And so much that the psalmist asked the question there in, in Psalm 139. Going on at verse 7, he says, Whither shall I go? Whither shall I flee? Whither shall I go from his presence or his spirit? He said, if I, if I go into the heavens, he's there. 
If I make my bed in hell, he's there. I can't get away from him. He's everywhere present. And he knows and he sees everything. When I looked into in the Proverbs, I think it's chapter 15 and verse 3, said the eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. Isn't that something? So, so nothing. But the Lord is only being meticulous to show himself how. To show himself true, truthful, and honest. Amen. That's why he's meticulous. It's not so much to find you a sinner, no. to find me a sinner. That's not why he's meticulous. He's meticulous so that when he pardons you, the devil can't say Amen. that he's not just. Amen. Because he saw you when you turned to him. He, he saw the inside with the x-ray vision. He, like he told um, Samuel all the way back there. I think it's 1 Samuel 16 and verse 7 when he was speaking there to, to him. Jesse was speaking. The Lord was speaking to Samuel as Jesse was there listening to Samuel, and the Lord was talking to him, and he brought the sons up. All of them came up, all seven of them, and then there was the last fellow coming. And, they, and so Samuel asked, because of what the Lord said, he said, don't you have any more? Yeah. <laughs> you see, the Lord had already said, I reject these folks. Amen. And why? He said, because man seeth the outward. But the Lord sees the heart. Amen. Come on now. The Lord sees the heart. Yes. And it's the heart. The seat of your intelligence. Amen. The Lord wants each person to have an intentional obedience. Amen. Intentional obedient disposition. It's just you want to obey the Lord. I want to obey the Lord. I want to obey the Lord. In other words, tomorrow I want to obey the Lord. Today I want to obey the Lord. Next week I want to obey the Lord. Because salvation is on condition of, of obedience. Of obedience. So now, when the stain is gone, when the stain is gone, back then the Lord had to see the blood. But in the final analysis, there would not really be the blood, literally. Not looking at the blood. But now the Lord looks for the effects of the blood. Amen. Are you listening to me now? Because when the stain is gone, then that, that, bene, that beneficiary is, is a happy person. A joyous person. Happy is the man whose God is the Lord. Don't we know that? Happy is the man whose God is the Lord. And when the Lord sees that purity in the person. No, not, not blood now. Not blood. The stain is gone. And because the stain is gone, the person is pure. 
Oh, a bigger amen. Tell them, say, a bigger amen. amen. Let the Lord feel good. Yes. When the stain is gone, the person is pure. Amen. And it is that purity now that the Lord is going to see that would cause him not to condemn. Romans 8 and verse 1 gives the answer. There is therefore now. Oh, talk with me, folks. There is therefore now. Now that the stain is gone. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Isn't that something? Hebrews 9 and verse 22. He says, almost all things are by the law purged with blood. But without the shedding, there's no remission. No remission. And that's why. That's why the blood was shed. The blood was shed. And I like how Isaiah puts it in verse in chapter 1 and verse 16, he says, wash you and make you clean. Put away the evil of your doing from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do well. I like that. And then verse 19 says, and if he be willing and, if he be willing and obedient, he shall eat the good of the land. But if he refuse and rebel, he shall be devoured with the sword. Amen. Come on. The Lord doesn't want to condemn anybody. That's what the verse says. He didn't send his son to condemn. He doesn't want to condemn. He wants to save his people. But the condition is obedience. Amen. Obedience. Obedience is the key to a Christian experience. And so the Lord wants us to trust and for there is no other to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Trust and obey. Brethren, you have nothing to fear. You can't lose out following the blessed Lord. You can only gain. You're going to be a great beneficiary. Come on. You know what it's going to be like when, when all of us meet on the sea that looks like glass. Hmm? You know what it's going to be like? Greeting one another. Yes. And this with, without hypocrisy. <laughs> Amen. No hypocrisy in this thing. When you really greet a person at that time, it's a genuine greeting. Amen. And you should see the saints greeting one another. Amen. Oh, come on. You know, you can stretch your creative imagination to that day. And that experience. And what it's going to be like when the saints meet together. Glorious people being changed, transformed now. For this mortal must put on immortality. Amen. This corruptible must put on incorruption. And so when that has happened, victory, come on, over the evil one would be present with a lot of rejoicing. Amen. And the saints meet and they embrace genuinely. Amen. And they greet genuinely. Isn't that wonderful? Free at last. Cleansed by his blood. And now we walk with Jesus pure in heart. Blessed are the pure in heart. For they shall seek 
God. Wonderful. Wonderful. Matthew 5, 8. They're going to see God. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, God is great. Don't you feel good to know that the blood has been applied? And that now because the blood has been applied, you have been washed in his blood and you're white as snow. And looking now to that blessed day, the golden morning, and it is fast approaching. Oh, yes, and Jesus soon will come. Jesus soon will come, the golden morning. The golden morning. You fear not. Because Psalms 30 and verse 5 says, His anger endureth but a moment. I like that. He's not going to be angry with, with us all the time. Because he has given us the privilege to turn to him. So the text says his anger, his anger endureth but a moment. In his favor is life. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy cometh in the morning. Isn't that wonderful? And that morning is fast approaching. Fast approaching. Jesus soon will come. Brethren, let's be faithful. Let's be faithful. You mean to do that by the grace of God? Would you stand with me for prayer? To be faithful. Loving Father, we thank you. Thank you for having been wonderfully good to us. You have spared our lives to this day. You have given us yet another opportunity to qualify for eternity. Lord, we want to thank you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We are always encouraged to know how God is working through this ministry to touch lives. If you have a story to share of how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending an email at podcast at savinggracesda.org. As the Holy Spirit impresses you, you may also support this ministry financially by visiting savinggracesda.org.